You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in terms of sugar, you know, sugar, as we all have heard, I'm sure at this point, I hope <laughs> that sugar acts like cocaine in your brain. Mm. It, uh, it increases serotonin very quickly, but then you have a crash. So it's a false sense of it kind of gets the, the body all excited and then you crash. So it is the reason why people crave fat and sugar when they're tired is because you have this false sense of it's going to give you energy. And that's not the case. Also, most of us are sugar burners. And so mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I lead people through through sort of a keto challenge to sort of learn and we all use some kind of testing mechanism i recommend a breathalyzer just because it's more accurate than the strips and less invasive than the blood uh because i'm not going to prick my finger every day twice a day or three times a day yeah so uh using the breathalyzer really kind of gives you an under like a new relationship with your food and what you're eating and and it's i've really been working on metabolic efficiency the seven chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple what are the functions of these energy centers and could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose welcome to my seven chakras and now your host Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some amazing topics, including the pillars of health, nutrition, hormone regulation, and how you can take control of your health today. So if you'd like to explore these topics and many more in your car or even in your home, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button right now, especially if you're on your iPhone, because what it does is it does something amazing to the algorithm that allows our show to come in front of people who would never come across our podcast. So if you're on your iPhone, hit subscribe. If you're on Spotify, then hit the follow button because that does something amazing to it. And if you'd like to join our official Facebook group of our podcast, the place where all the exclusive discussions happen, including breath work, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash tribe, T-R-I-B-E. That's my7chakras.com forward slash tribe. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, JJ Flazanes. So JJ is an empowerment strategist and the host of several podcasts, including People's Choice Awards nominee, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. And she's the director of Invisible Fitness, a best-selling author of 
fit to love how to get physically emotionally and spiritually fit to attract the love of your life and the invisible fitness formula five secrets to releasing weight and end body shame named best personal trainer in Los Angeles for 2007 by Elite Traveler magazine JJ has also been featured in many national magazines including Shape Fitness and Women's Health and many other platforms as well so It's really amazing to have you on today, JJ. How are you doing? Thanks, AJ, for having me. I'm doing great. Wonderful, wonderful. And so, uh, when we start off our podcast, we usually ask our guests to share something inspiring—a quote that is on your mind right now—and also how you apply it in your day-to-day life, especially today. <laughs> well, the quote that changed everything <laughs> uh, is that you are the creator of your own reality. And that's kind of what smacked me in the face back in 2000 and I believe it was one. And when I heard it, it uh, shifted everything. And life has never been the same. Not that the trajectory I was on was necessarily bad, but I then became what I call empowered. And if there was something about my life I didn't like, I now knew I had the power to change it. And learning the sciences of everything, from uh, epigenetics and quantum physics to the sciences of the body, and and all of the different psychological sciences, neurological reprogramming, and things like EFT and EMDR in the behavioral sciences, gave me tools to change any part of my life that I wanted to. Got it. So, what was happening in your life back then for you to have that epiphany? I had just started my business. I had moved to California maybe a year and a half before that from New York City, mm-hmm. and I think it was really around my business and money at the time. I was just starting it out. I didn't know what I was doing, as most people don't. I mean, I had an idea. I was really good at all the different parts of owning a business, except doing the bookkeeping. I would have later learned that, uh, really. But I was, you know, struggling mon- with financial stuff. I wanted to make more money. I didn't. I wanted to ha- get clients more easily. I didn't want to be stressed out about it. I didn't know if I was doing the right things or the wrong things. So mm-hmm. I think, and then also in in the area of relationships, also uh, with heartbreak or dealing with a transition because I had just moved three thousand miles away and ending a relationship, and then the whole dating and idea of that. So I think all of those things combined, I was. introduced to the law of attraction at that point and that's really what made it shift. I wasn't struggling meaning I mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't an unhappy person who had lots of bad things happening to me necessarily. I just wondered if, you know, how how do you make changes and I was following the energetic pattern of many people. Like someone said to me, "Well, you need to be part of a networking group." Mm-hmm. for your business. And so I went to a networking group and everybody was stressed. So like what did you see across the board? Everyone was stressed, everyone was in scarcity, everyone was begging, everyone was in a certain energy. And so I just thought, well that's what you're supposed to be when you have a business. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know any better and I didn't have any other examples. So all of a sudden now when you, you know, enter law of attraction, aka quantum physics, oh, there's another way to do this. Oh, I mm-hmm. like that way better. And so, you know, it really just sort of hit me square in the face and then I just applied it to everything and I have been since then. Awesome. So let's go back from the start then. Uh where did you grow up? Cuz I think you've alluded to that a bit, but where did you grow up? Uh and what was life like as a kid? I grew up in Pennsylvania and then I went from Pennsylvania to New York and then from New York to California, which is where I 
will be staying. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> um, here and I'm here to stay. And it was meant to be here. Uh, what was life like? I'm the oldest of two kids, pretty standard upbringing. We didn't have a picket fence, but we should have. My mother mm -hmm. didn't really work. My father was the breadwinner. My mother balanced the checkbook. I, you know, was a honor student. I mean, I wasn't the valedictorian, but I got A's and B's. I did well in school. I was part of the arts programs. I did, you know, I was a singer. I was in the jazz ensemble. I was in the show choir. I was in the theater department. Uh, I, I did well, meaning I knew I was smart, but I wasn't that book smart kid who could memorize science and math. And so while I understood them and I knew they were important, they didn't come easily to me, which actually led me to think that I wasn't that smart. Like I knew mm -hmm. I kind of like got things, but I, I figured I was like street smart, but I wasn't book smart. And it wasn't until I moved to New York City. And by the way, I, I went to school to be a personal, I didn't go to school to be a personal trainer. I went to school to be an actress mm -hmm. and I studied musical theater. And right. in thinking about what to do with your life as an actress, at, like while you're looking for jobs, you know, the industry is you temp or you get a job in a restaurant. And yeah. I knew enough and I was intuitive enough to know that I needed something better than that. I needed something that would use my brain power, that I would get bored if I was just, and I had waited tables. I have, I've worked every job, literally, literally from manager to hostess, to bartender, to waiter and waitress. I've done all of the different parts in, mm -hmm. in a restaurant setting, but I knew that I needed more than that. And so that's when I started to do personal training and learn the sciences of the body, never knowing, of course, that it would completely take over my life and lead me on a very different path. But, but in school, because I didn't really excel in math and science, again, I got A's or A minuses or B pluses. I wasn't that kid. It mm -hmm. led me to believe I wasn't that smart. And when I got out of mm -hmm. school and I went to New York and I started working as a personal trainer, I went through a certification that taught me science in a new way. It was science in a mechanical way where mm -hmm. I could actually see systems. I could see things working because I don't know how many of you understand physiology, but when you're first learning physiology, it's a bunch of cut this muscle and then there's this part and cut that. And then there's this part and cut that. And, that and it's hard to visualize the separation between the layers of your muscles and all the different parts and pieces that make up your body. But when you put images to it, when, mm -hmm. you, when you make things come alive on a screen, there was a program called Atom. I think it was spelled A-D-A-M. And it was, and I probably still have them, they're discs. And they, what right. they did is they took and they mechan mechanized, so to speak, they put um, pictures and colors and actions to what is called an action potential. An action potential is when your brain has to talk to your muscle in order for your muscle to contract. And, and there are a lot of steps between the, the thought, which is the action potential and the actual muscle contraction. There's a lot of chemical and electrical mm -hmm. parts and pieces throughout the chain to get to muscle contraction. They happen quickly, but to break them down and understand them physiologically, again, it's a lot of memorization if you can't see it. So mm -hmm. programs like Adam and other programs and other certifications that I started to take as a personal trainer broke down mechanics for me scientifically in a way that I could see it and it became easy. It was how I needed to learn it by pictures, pictures in my brain. And then I started to realize I was really good at it. And mm -hmm. then I realized I was really smart. And then I'd get that feedback and I could see things and I could process, you know, science in different ways. And even still to date, I had to like go through my life and get to a therapist that finally said to me, you're gifted. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, 
uh, well, it's probably why you've like felt the way you felt. It's probably why your parents didn't know what to do with you because they didn't have the tools because you think differently. Your capacity for memory, for thinking, for processing is at a higher level. And mm -hmm. that, while that made sense and in some ways I liked hearing that, in other ways I didn't like hearing that because it made me different. And at that point, I was like, I'm already different. Really? Another reason why someone can't connect <laughs> with me? I didn't, I didn't like that. It made me feel like I was going to be at risk for human connection and people who could understand me. Right. That's so profound that you shared that because I think growing up, a lot of children are being told that, or at least we're told, I think hopefully education is changing now, but they were told that they were either smart or not smart, intelligent or not intelligent. They were put into these buckets, right? But now we're learning that intelligence comes in so many different shapes and sizes. Some people prefer to read a book. Some people prefer to actually watch the process happen, watch pictures, interact, be part of an experiment. And that's how we consume information. And a lot of our listeners are the same way. When they were kids, maybe they did not really pay much attention into biology class or physiology and what's happening in the body. But now a lot of people are embarking on different careers, whether it's like a nutritionist or a physical therapist or a breathwork coach. And now they're going back into their studies and looking at something that they went through probably, you know, in school in a whole different light and talking about mitochondria and red blood cells and hemoglobin. And now it's even more fascinating because we've got the power of the internet and all these beautiful videos that make learning so much more nourishing, but also empowering because now it's not just for marks, they get to learn it, but then share it with their clients or, or members and transform lives. And that makes it even more uh, rewarding, right? The whole experience. So Thanks a lot for sharing that. Can I add something to that? Not one. Yeah, please go ahead. Well, you made me think about, you know, I have done several live events and my last live event was called the Manifestation Bootcamp. It was last October. Yeah. And before the bootcamp, I was putting together the curriculum. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is, is creating new neural pathways. Mm -hmm. And now in the science of the body, in biomechanics and yep. exercise physiology, I understand creating new neural pathways for exercise up and down, inside and out. I used to teach it. I was director of education of New York Sports Club. So I would teach trainers. I created the curriculum. So I'm yep. really good with mechanics and science uh, because trainers don't have to be. Mm -hmm. They really can just look good, get a basic certification, have a good personality, push you hard, be your cheerleader, and you think they're a good trainer. Yeah, Trainers don't have to go through scientific tests. I mean, some of the certifications have some of them, but most of them don't. It's actually a very scary thing. I, in one of my videos, and when I rebranded my show from fit to love to smart exercise, like fit to love was six different days a week. Mm -hmm. And I ended up rebranding every day into its own new show. So it became, mm -hmm. so my movement Monday, my exercise day became smart exercise. And so I scare people often by saying, you know, if your trainer, you need to know what your trainer knows. If they have a good mm. personality and they push you hard and you're sore, that's not enough. You need to understand how much science they know before you hire them because somebody can push you hard and ruin your joints mm -hmm. and someone could have more information and protect your joints. So looking ahead. So take this back to the manifestation boot camp, and I'm wanting to teach the idea of these new neural pathways for the brain. And I got myself all psyched out. Like I had a limiting belief that because it was the brain and I haven't really technically studied the brain, that somehow it's a different way of teaching it. Mm -hmm. And something really interesting happened as I started to teach it. I thought, wait a minute, 
This is the same. This is the same science that I already know just mm. by just in the brain versus in the muscles. And so it became a seamless, super exciting for me yeah. way to parallel how you how you activate more tissue, new tissue in your body and how you reroute different parts of the brain to experience different things and to create new awarenesses and consciousness and intuition and feelings and experiences. Action Tribe, are you finding it hard to de-stress and unwind in the midst of this crazy pandemic? Come join us for a soothing, relaxing breathwork session online on Zoom. Now, I do these sessions for our paid members twice a week, and I've received so many powerful testimonials from people who have received a lot of support, comfort, and healing from these sessions. And to show you just how powerful these yogic breathwork practices are, every month I do a breathwork intro workshop for people who'd like to give this a shot. In the past, people have paid anywhere between $10 to $20 for a drop-in, but for a short while, I've decided to make these sessions available for just 50 cents a ticket. And these sessions are live, but you just pay 50 cents. So, if you'd like to learn how to calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss using your breath from the comfort of your home, visit my7chakras.com forward slash breath work intro. That's my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash breath work intro. I'll see you soon. Yeah, that's very true. And I think one thing people who are listening to the show can also draw from this is that each of us must take control of our lives and our health and not depend on somebody who might be assisting us like a coach or a doctor or a therapist. The support is good, but it's also helpful to really dive into some of the concepts and you know practices and how this works and asking questions because the spirit of pursuit and that quest of wanting to know the answer is really healing. And that, in a sense, helps you develop, develop more new neural pathways in your brain and makes you smarter, right? So as long as you're exercising that part of you, that aspect of you, you're on, you're on the right path. So thanks a lot for sharing. Now, uh, you sort of mentioned somewhere in your life, you made a decision, a conscious decision to become a personal trainer, right? So take us back to that moment. What happened? What did you do? Did you enroll in some... I, I was working retail at the time I was in college okay. and I was working retail with a friend and she and I hated it. And <laughs> she said, let's go get a job at the gym. You can get a free membership. And okay. uh, mind you, I was a musical theater major. And so I had seven dance classes a week. So when it came to being fit, I was pretty fit on the lower body part, right? I had very strong muscular legs from ballet and tap and jazz and all kinds of different classes that I had every week. Mm -hmm always in workout clothes, lived in workout clothes, still live in workout clothes. And, and so when I went to the gym, I hadn't really thought about, now my, I was dating a guy at the time, my boyfriend all through college was a gymnast. So he had one mm. of those perfectly chiseled, balanced bodies that had muscle all over. And we took a picture, like a professional photo together. And I looked at myself and I thought, wow, my upper body's skinny and scrawny. Like there was, I didn't look balanced. Like he looked balanced. Mm. Now he was doing gymnastics and I wasn't going to go try to do that because he was really good at all that. And I didn't quite bend in those ways. Uh, some of them I could, but when it came to going to the gym and I saw the trainers, I thought, well, how do I do that? I want to do that. 
and I was really good at multitasking as I still am and a good problem solver. So of course I'm at the front desk manning six lines and people walking in with their cards with the sales staff, giving me things to input into the computer. And so I'm doing all these jobs and I'm very valuable at the front. They don't want me to leave, but I'm thinking I want to start training. Now, separate that from the behavior of the trainers that I wasn't looking at. I was just looking at the physique, thinking, oh, that looks strong. That looks balanced. That looks healthy. I want to do that. I asked somebody, mm -hmm. how do I do that? They handed me a test. And this is how I you know, start out my that, that podcast, the Smart Exercise Podcast. It's a video podcast. Is that I tell the story that I took this test. And the first time I took it, I failed. Mm -hmm. And the reason I failed is because that test <laughs> is a little is, is a little bit about a lot of stuff, but nothing specific about anything. Mm -hmm. It's like health information. And then probably 50% of it's about legal structure. So you don't get sued. Mm -hmm. And after I didn't take it, I didn't fail. I didn't pass it the first time I waited like a week or two. I did not study it anymore. I took it again. And this time I passed. And I walked into the gym that I was working in at the time and I thought, okay, I'm a certified personal trainer and I don't know how to use any of the equipment on the gym floor. Mm -hmm. That was not part of my certification. That was not part of my education. What am I supposed to do now? So I started making things up because I didn't know any better. And I thought I was watching the trainers and I'd watch them do things. And while I did understand what muscles were involved in most of the exercises, again, my, my science was lacking big time, but yet I'm a certified personal trainer. Please mm -hmm. let that sink in. Right. They're certified. So effing what? That means nothing. So I asked my manager at the time, my gym manager, and she, I believe, had a physical therapy degree. And she walked me through what she thought the machines should do or how to mm. work them. Of course, following the list of how to do this machine listed on the machine, which, by yeah. the way, half of them are wrong. Uh, half of them are incorrect and not accurate. But I didn't know any better. And then finally, one day, one day, if I ever see Martin again, I don't even know if I'd recognize him, this, this physical therapist in training who had taken a different test pulled me aside yeah. and said, JJ, why did you put that person on that machine in that way? And I kind of felt like, oh my God, I've been caught. I'm imposter syndrome. I've been caught. He's going to catch me. And he just asked me a series of questions I couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. So he took me to a machine and he said, explain to me what's going on here. Now I guessed and I guessed right. But the fact that I guessed really bothered me. And I knew I'm like, I should really know every single moment of what's going on in this in this machine. Mm -hmm. So what he did was refer me to a different certification, one in which he failed the first time because it was right. so hard. Mm -hmm. And I proceeded to take that test. I did pass. And then I took it three or four more times, not because I needed to have the certification again, but because I wanted the, the science. Cause every time I took it, I learned more. And then it had an advanced level. And I took that three times because it was the only place again. Now my brain is working mechanically and I'm seeing, I'm seeing force. I'm seeing vectors. I'm seeing physiology. I'm seeing resistance. I'm seeing things that I, maybe somebody educated me on before, but now putting it in a real life situation, I'm now realizing, oh, I get this now. There is so much science to movement that mm -hmm. most people have no idea about and their joints and how the body is structured. So, so that's kind of how I became a personal trainer. And of course that just led to me asking deeper questions because it started out as a, a love of my body a respect of my body of wanting it, of course, to look good, but also to feel good. Mm -hmm. And one of my first instructors of that more advanced course was a physical therapist who had wrecked his own knee six mm -hmm. times. And he was real mad about the fact that he was a physical therapist 
Why did he keep doing this thing over and over again? So he deconstructed the body and started teaching it like mechanics. He literally took biomechanics to a new level of understanding, worked with architects, worked with mechanics, literally look at forces outside and inside of the body and how they work in movement, unlike mm-hmm. kinesiology, which is the body at rest. Kinesiology is almost right. the dumbest science ever because it doesn't, it's not in motion. And, mm-hmm. and so you may learn about a muscle or a joint, but it changes when it's dynamic. So- right. Right. So at that point, I got real, again, geeked out on science and uh, went down that path. But then when I worked with people over the years, I've been a personal trainer for over 20 years now. So in that 20 years, it just gets, I just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Why are you doing this? Why, you know, look, let's look at the endocrine system. Let's look at nutrition. Let's look at biochemistry. Let's look at psychology. Let's look at astrology. Let's look at behavioral Mm -hmm. sciences. Let's look at your childhood. Let's look at your, uh, all the things I just decided to, as a holistic mindset when it came to health and fitness that the people that never succeed are the people that go after it in scarcity the people that go after it because they don't like themselves they they have self-loathing they do it out of hating themselves and wanting themselves to be different they punish themselves with it it's actually not self-care when that's the energy underneath what you're doing which you intuitively know isn't right which is why you don't respond to it well and you go, I don't like it, right? Because it makes you feel bad because you tell yourself negative things. And again, that's how I wrote my first book is coming out of that, realizing that, you know, self-care isn't all equal. And the energy that infuses your behaviors and your choices is what makes the difference if it's sustainable or if it's yo-yo and temporary. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, why you do what you do, right? You could do something because of the joy and excitement that that brings you or because you want to go away from how you feel or how you look. And that negative, uh, you know, pattern is not always good, right? Because you're not addressing the the, the emotions uh, deep within. And I think the right approach uh, of healing or even transformation would address the emotions and the thoughts, not just the physical physical aspect, which is the workouts. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's why I had to finally go there and I connected the dots and it's actually why I launched the show. I mean, I wrote about it in Fit to Love, uh, the book, the book came first and then I was looking for an outlet to put video and audio and blogging was never going to happen. My brain moves way too fast. My fingers cannot keep up. It's like painstaking. So when I learned about podcasting, I thought, oh my God, that's what I can do. I can put all of it on the same show. Bad idea. Um, but I tried and it was, and it, I, I would never, I would never go back and do it differently. It, it all worked out beautifully in divine, perfect timing, the way it had to, for me to be where I am now. But it, looking back, you know, I have some different advice that I would give people moving forward, but I was very motivated to do a six day a week show to take, talk about all the things that I thought was important and imperative for a balanced life and for success long-term with your body and self-esteem and, and your health. Got it. So uh, speaking about this current pandemic that we're in right now, uh, how has it affected people's health on a collective level? What is your perspective? I see both sides of the extreme. I see people who have been drinking more and eating more and letting it go too long. Uh, You know, it's one thing that's, hey, I'm a big vacation and you do something out of balance, but now we're out of balance on the opposite side. And then I've seen people do the exact opposite and get healthier and more fit and really pull back on their eating because Mm -hmm. maybe they traveled more and now they're home. And so now they have, they have more focused time on what's going on with them. So really I've seen both and 
even for myself, I've done more cardio since the pandemic than I've ever done before, but I've also done less resistance. And that okay. hasn't been a that hasn't been a good thing. And it's not because I don't know how. Um, I teach people how to work out in their homes. <laughs> like I don't think you mm -hmm. need to go to a gym until you maximize all your opportunity at home if you're someone who one of the excuses is, oh, I don't have the time and I don't blah, blah, whatever. You yeah. can you can get a workout in for 10 or 15 minutes in your home when you roll out of bed or before you eat lunch or after you eat dinner, before you eat dinner, or before you go to bed or on the weekend. I mean, there's so many opportunities people don't take, but you have, do have to be a little more disciplined or at least have some accountability to make that happen. So I think that people have done more online classes. I really think it's 50-50. I think 50% of the people are really pro not processing their emotions and they're mm -hmm. using food and alcohol to suppress their fear and depression. And then I think there are people who might feel the same way, but they white knuckle it differently. Uh, they work out extra hard. They're extra concerned about what they eat. And that's not good either. Neither yeah. one of those are good. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't blame the people as well. Like in my case, um, firstly, for at least a good two and a half, three months, a lot of the gyms were shut down, right? Uh, they were just not operational. And then I found out my gym nearby, uh, the YMCA, I think it ran out of business. So they are actually going to shut down that gym. And then for the longest time, I was using the absence of a you know gym nearby me as an excuse for not doing the work. And I really enjoyed going to the gym and lifting weights and mixing it up with my breath work and my healing practices. And then I said, you know what? If the gym is not there nearby, then let me just build a gym at home. And I've recently gotten into kettlebell training. I find that that's really, really amazing. The amount of explosive, powerful uh, workout that you can do with just one kettlebell with proper supervision, of course, I, I follow a, a, a training online. It's really, really amazing. And to your point, a lot of times people feel that they need like a 60 minute, 65 minute or more than that workout. But now I'm, I'm reading online as well as seeing a lot of people talking about it. You don't need to have that long workout. But if you sort of, um, you know, spread your workouts throughout the day, even for 10 to 15 minutes, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you get the time, that can do wonders for you, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. Again, efficiency. I'm about efficiency. efficiency. So okay. uh, there are times where the problem with some of the high intensity training is the form. Uh, uh, the form is very dangerous for people that have not prepared their body appropriately. Mm -hmm. If you are jumping levels of intensity very quickly and you're not prepared. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of high intensity training, but I, I do very slow. I mean, no one has better form than me uh, from the physiology to the mind intervention, innervation of your muscle fibers. And I was doing an exercise maybe four months into the pandemic. <laughs> Again, a very slow controlled you can't get better than my form. I, I mean, I, and I even like stressed my tendons because mm -hmm. it was too much too soon. And it wasn't even too much in my mind. It was like, this isn't too much, but I hadn't been doing it. 
And so I put a little stress on my own tendons, which I is now finally healed. Uh, and it's, and, and I kept saying, this can't be, this can't be, I didn't do anything dangerous. I did nothing jerky. I did nothing uncontrolled. I did nothing disconnected from my brain. Uh, but it was just a sheer fact that because I hadn't been doing it for so long, I, I probably needed to take the, the intensity of the, of the resistance I used down another 25 or even 30%. So in my mind, I just got right, right. back in. <laughs> It's just wonderful that you uh, share this because even you, uh, with so much experience, if you take a break, then you need to remember that your body is also changed, right? So you need to take it slow to before ramping things up, right? <laughs> slow and controlled. And controlled, uh, yeah. and, and again, it's, people think it's like, oh, I'm so weak now or I've backslid. And, and mm. you know, in, in resistance training, especially when you're wanting to build muscle, it's called hypertrophy. And don't think of it like muscle building, like a, a bodybuilder. That's not what we're talking about. Anytime yeah. you lift a weight. And so if, I think if most of your audience is women or a lot of them are women, they're beginners. Let me just dispel a few myths that really drive me crazy. That I'd be literally a millionaire several times over if I had a penny for every person I've talked to in the last 20 years who has told me they don't want to get too bulky. Ladies, you're not going to get too bulky. When you lift the two pound weight, you're not really doing very much for your body. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not small weight equals small muscle. You don't tone. You're either actively challenging your body to, to activate new and more muscle or you're not. End of story. So you're either doing some bad form of cardio, which is a lightweight many times, which isn't effective at all. It's not going to help your cardiovascular system and you're not building any muscle. So it's a waste of time. Resistance training. I had one client back in New York. The more weight she put on the leg press, the smaller her legs got. Okay. Why? Because she built muscle, she increased her metabolism, she lost body fat, and she lost weight. The name of the game here is adding active muscle, adding tissue that needs energy. And women just have this idea that they're going to get too bulky, yeah. they're going to get too big. And I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. First of all, you hormonally are not built that way. You cannot, unless you stay, unless you like take some anabolic steroid or something that's really going to help like create water gain in your muscles. So water weight makes you look puffy, but I promise you that is not how this works. So you know, when it comes to building muscle, women shy away from it, yet then they wonder why they're not losing any weight or getting any progress because all they do is cardio. So the name of the game uh, is, and I know my body is crying out for resistance right now. And I've been doing more than I was in the beginning because I kept thinking this thing was going to blow over because, well, common sense says so many things that people aren't paying attention to. Uh, but hey, uh, now we understand the level of consciousness we're dealing with. So I, I, I appreciate understanding the terrain at which most people live. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not going to my gym because I'm not going to be wearing a mask. So I needed to, to get out of that situation. And I only went to a gym because my boyfriend, I finally have a, like a partner to go with. But I teach people how to use all of the same moves and resistance with things they can get at home at home so they don't have to go if they don't want to but i understand i enjoyed it too it was a nice break from working at home to go to the gym yeah. but you know when you when you get to this this part especially anyone over the age of 40 right you're over the age of 40 your body's starting to change your hormones are changing your metabolism is changing you need resistance training and the and the more you do it in a conscious way that uses your brain to activate your muscle that you're doing everything in a controlled fashion you can't get hurt Mm -hmm. Now I didn't get hurt. Like I didn't have an injury, but I did have a little strain. And, and so therefore, while it wasn't comfortable, you know, I, it's not an injury that I had to do anything about. I've just done something. I just have a very, 
uh, low threshold for, for pain or discomfort of any kind. And I usually address it right away. And that's all parts of it, chemical, emotional, and physical. So now that it's done and it's healed itself, mm-hmm. I will go back and, oh, so the point of saying this other myth in, in resistance training, the goal is failure. The goal is to take your body through a series of exercises or an exercise for an extended period of time, nonstop in a controlled fashion until your muscles can't do it any longer. That is considered failure. Now I'm not talking about failure where you fall down and you're hurt or something, you know, is, is wrong with you. Controlled failure is where you're, you're stabilizing your body. You're using your breath. You're connected. You're conscious. You're taking a very slow, uh, maybe six second rep, maybe six to 10 seconds. I'm not a big believer in the slow reps that are a minute in each direction and, but not quick and nothing with nothing with momentum. All right. You're creating, you are slow and controlled the entire time. When you get to failure, The body goes, hey, I'm not good at this. I need to build more muscle so Mm -hmm. I can get better at this. If you can execute everything you do easily, you're never sore, you never fail. Guess what? You're not maximizing your results. Your body doesn't need to change. You don't need to get stronger or leaner or, or any of those things if you can already do it well. So the goal in exercise is literally taking your body outside of its comfort zone Mm-hmm. So it signals the body to change. Got it. So for those who are listening right now, remember that your transformation lies a little bit outside your comfort zone, whether it's in the gym or somewhere else, but going outside your comfort zone might actually be good for you. So uh, JJ, for somebody who is um, or has realized that they want to take control of their health, what are some of the foundations for optimized health based on what you've learned so far? Like what are some of the buckets or pillars? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, let's think about the balance uh, sleep. You know, are you getting seven to nine hours of deep restful sleep? Are you drinking at least half of your body weight, if not all your body weight in ounces of clean water every day? Are you getting enough? Like, have you checked your hormones recently? And do you know what all those levels are? Uh, I work in a functional medicine clinic. And so the functional medicine ideas for optimal are different than Western's for normal, right? If a doctor have to- has told mm. you that you are normal, yep. but yet you still feel like crap, yeah. maybe consider seeing a functional medicine doctor who's not going to look at your aging, declining hormones as normal yeah. and you feel bad. They're <laughs> going to say, well, let's optimize your hormone levels so you feel better and you function better. So, you know, you need to look at your hormones, you need to look at your sleep and your water intake. Of course, you need to look at your food and anti-inflammatory foods would be ideal so that your body doesn't have extra weight and cravings that are caused by uh, you know, the foods that don't agree with your body. Leaky gut is something that a lot of people have and they don't know it, just like adrenal fatigue. So let me go over leaky gut first. Leaky gut is when the food you eat or the chemicals you ingest, like any drugs, if you've been on prescription medication for a long time, or you've been a heavy drinker, or you've taken other drugs or eaten a lot of dye, food with preservatives in it, food, um, those kinds of things can wear away the tissue of your gut lining. And what happens over time is it basically makes micro tears. And when you have a hole in your gut lining and now food particles are leaking into your bloodstream, your white blood cells think it's like a foreign invader and they're coming in to attack it because they don't know what it is. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you have this extra layer of white blood cells trying to repair the damage and attack this 
these food particles that are now in your bloodstream and it, it causes inflammation. And when you have enough leaky, you know, that's what's called leaky gut. And when you have enough of those little holes in your digestive system, now you have a ton of inflammation. You're over super reactive to a lot of foods and you have symptoms of, let's say, in bad digestive issues. You know, you're super sensitive to things. You uh, have IBS regularly. You have gut, you have cramps regularly. You don't, you have loose stool uh, or you're constipated and you can have skin issues. You could have joint problems. You could have migraines or a lot of different symptoms that come from having poor digestion, gas, bloating, like just some of them. Mm-hmm. So leaky gut is something, again, a lot of people have and they don't even know it because they take a lot of drugs. They take ibuprofen mm-hmm. all the time. They take aspirin. They take, you know, whatever prescription medication for whatever condition they're in because their doctor told them that they needed these four things to deal with their blood pressure or whatever. The other thing is adrenal fatigue, which I've heard you talk about, not necessarily in adrenal fatigue, but you know, when you with breath work, with your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system, and how we in today's day, you know, we're not what's the uh, the ideal tiger, right? So like the uh, the tiger that we're running from as cavemen, but we yep. of course now the tiger is your boss or your emails or your bills or whatever, right? So it's the same thing. We live in this state of stress, and what I think is not funny. I'm not making fun of anybody, but I'm going to just make light of it for a second. For some reason, I think it's a lot of men, but even women, you know, when we, when I look at people to, and I'm working with them or in any capacity, I'll always, what I think is the most under focused place of, of the mind, body, soul, or spirit plan. People are very open most of the time to taking a pill, maybe Mm -hmm. changing their diet, maybe doing something different in that regard. What they're not usually open to doing is looking at their emotions and looking at the root cause of why they feel the way they feel and the way they react. So when I've got clients with back pain that I know without a shadow of a doubt, it's repressed anger. It takes me, it has in the past taken me eight years with one particular client when I would say it's emotion. And of course, you know, he's, he's in his late sixties. So, you know, he can't teach old dog new tricks if they're not asking. So he would always just, you know, kick back like, yeah, 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 whatever. Even though over the years I would point to every time his, his back went out, oh, what happened? Oh, well, this happened with my brother. Oh, this happened with my wife. Like we could connect the dots every time, but he was unwilling to take responsibility for the emotional component. But what people are really happy to wear the badge of honor of is stress. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, I'm stressed. Well, stress is emotion. (laughs) The reason why you have stress is because you've perceived a situation in such a way that causes negative feelings, which is stress. Stress is not outside of you. Stress is inside of you. That is why some people react very differently to situations than you do. It's not inherent that whatever circumstance is out there is going to always cause the same emotional turmoil within a person. Not at all. There are a lot of people who have been thriving during this pandemic while there are people that are not. And what is the difference? The difference is that internal understanding, the way that they perceive, the way that they either are flexible or have a deeper trust or have better habits and um, and don't feel victimized, the stories that we tell ourselves. So uh, when it comes to stress, it just makes me laugh. So uh, because I was listening to you talk about it too on the breathwork. So I know your community is used to that, but I just, I just want to put that in there that, you know, when he asked for pillars of health, emotions are 
at the top. The emotions are the reason why here. I'll give you another, like you asked me for a quote at the beginning of today's show. And that's one of my very favorite quotes from Abraham Hicks in Law of Attraction. But here's my second favorite quote. Here we go. Listen up. The only reason you want what you want Mm -hmm. is because you think you'll feel better when you have it. Right. Everything. So if we know that all I'm really looking for is to feel better, that everything I'm doing, everything I'm wanting, everything I'm working for is so I'll feel better. And in law of attraction and quantum physics, you know that you have to feel it before you get it. You don't even need it because you can create the feelings. So it, we can learn how to take our power back. We can learn how to vibrate and manifest at a different level when we understand that, that it's not about the circumstance. And there's nothing that anybody is doing. Like every single action that you take in life is because you want to feel better. Mm-hmm. You're just looking to feel better, but you have the power to do that right now. Very true. I love the different pillars that you've shared so far. And it's very true. That's why it's called a stress response. It's not an external thing. Yes, there might be stimuli that is affecting you from from outside, but a lot of it is you responding to those external stimuli. And a lot of times it's not even outside, right? It's in the mind. And like we're discussing, it's not that tiger outside. It's that constant thought or those thoughts that are affecting you. And maybe you don't have the right tools or mindset to cope with that, which is causing that chronic stress response. And of course, it affects every aspect of your being, your health, um, your nervous system, your sleep, your digestion, which over a period of time, if not corrected, takes a toll. And I love that you mentioned that all we're looking for is the feeling, whether you want more wealth or abundance or that new relationship or better health, We're all in search for that feeling and feeling is the secret. And so the question that I'd like to ask all our listeners right now is what is that feeling that you'd like to really have? And then find out how through the practices that we're about to share, how you can have that feeling because it is within your reach. You don't have to wait for it for months or even years. You can have that feeling right away. Um, And so uh, JJ, You've written extensively about the fact that our gut is our second brain, right? And there's a lot of discussion these days about our gut microbiome. Uh, So maybe if you can talk a little bit more about how important our gut is to our overall health. Sure. Well, you know, obviously I I mentioned a little bit about leaky gut and most of people in the world who aren't really on top of the consciousness and making choices for their health are at some point going to experience some form of digestive issue. Not to mention that most people think digestive issues are normal. Yeah, they're normal because many people have them, but they're not, they're not healthy. They're not optimal. So gas and bloating and constipation and irritable bowel syndrome, these are not normal in mm-hmm. terms of the body's functioning, it's letting okay. you know something is wrong. It's letting you know that it's working too hard to try to break down something your body does not like. It does not agree with. You don't have the enzymes to break it down. Mm-hmm. So in you know in the in the biome in the, in the gut biome and just the whole project of of probiotics and understanding how everything works, we have different uh, probiotics in the mouth all the way down to the anus, like every channel, every section of your body has, has different needs and has different strands that it it needs in order to, you know, we, I just did a show with a a biological dentist about the mouth and the, and the probiotics needed for the mouth, which are different than the probiotics needed for the gut. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But again, we have this whole channel all the way down. And even for some women, like even below that, like we have, we can be using probiotics in all different kinds of places. In fact, I'll tell you really quickly, funny, I have taken my cat, I've got three cats and my middle child, Luna, I've taken her to the doctor numerous times for her ear. She's mm -hmm. had this like ear thing and then she ended up like rupturing her eardrum and then it kind of got better and we've done everything from inside the ear drops to different kinds of anti-inflammatories and drugs and antibiotics. And it's been this like whole rigmarole and I've had uh, four different doctors. So what did I finally do? I decided to look it up online. I'm like, my intuition was telling me, no, 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 no. It's more simple than this. People want to make right. it about this and this. I'm like, no, no, she's very healthy otherwise. I ended up combining colloidal silver with apple cider vinegar. Mm. I used it three times and her ear is almost completely better. It is not doing the same thing it's been doing. Now, apple cider vinegar can also be like a probiotic in the body, right? And so what I did is I add that to her ear. Mm. And so that I, it took me about three times that I put in just like a drop and again at 50% water. Uh, and then colloidal silver and apple cider vinegar. I just put like a drop or two in her ear. And it, what it did was it started to create basically this like internal healing system. And instead mm. of the pus that was happening in her ear, continuing to hold, like be in her ear, it started to drain and it's been draining. And now when I go into her ear, it's dry because it's all drained out of her ear. So again, the idea of probiotics is the same as this apple cider vinegar. It's, it's a live organism that is breaking down and starting to heal your body breaking down your food, breaking down whatever bacteria is in whatever part of your body that you're looking to help, whether it be your mouth, your ear, your gut, your everything below that. Yeah. So the digestive system and the microbiome is very important for our overall health and through drugs and environmental toxins, alcohol, you know, all the kinds of different preservatives and additives we have in our food, stress, you know, we are not detoxifying or supplementing at the rate at which we're bombarded with negative stress. It's not like, you know, when you say, well, my grandmother didn't have to do this or my great, right. But they didn't have the same stresses and toxins as we did. So yeah. right now we are super heavy that it's in your air. It's in your shampoo. It's in your water. It's in, you know, for crying out loud, there's fluoride in our water. Fluoride is a toxin. It's a neurotoxin. And mm. we talked about that on that show. And yet we're bombarded with these toxins all day long and wondering why our body's out of whack and why do we need to go to the gym and why do we need to take these supplements? I didn't need this before because over time, your body has not been able to heal the amount of stress that's been on it through these toxic sources. Right. So again, emotional, environmental, our food, our water, these things, we, we need to be able to keep up with the balancing act of being able to help our bodies do what it's naturally able to do in healing ourselves by detoxifying, taking breaks from things, doing things differently. You know, I, I host, I have a, a membership site and a membership podcast, actually, like my last podcast has been where people can pay for the podcast and they're part of my inner circle. And um, in that group, we do things like 10 day, 14 day keto challenges. We've done a five day fasting mimicking diet. We talk about intermittent fasting and the five day fasting mimicking diet. While it's called a diet and it is a food plan, it's not because you're supposed to lose a lot of weight in five days. The point of doing it is it actually helps your body create new stem cells, mm -hmm. new stem cells that your body then will use to help repair damaged tissue. But it's a fasting diet where you're literally eating the lowest amount of macronutrients and calories since your body's in a state thinking it's fasting, like you're yeah. getting away with your body acting as if you're fasting for five days, but you get to eat. And then the repair process 
process and the detoxing process that happens through that for the body is something that I promote people do on a regular basis just to deal with life right now. Absolutely. So a couple of things. One is we're learning that, uh, I mean, bacteria has for the most part received a negative rep over the years, right? They're saying bacteria is bad for you, bad for you. But the truth is that bacteria can actually be your friend because there is a good bacteria and there's a bad bacteria. And by having these antibiotics and having these spills and uh, overdosing on alcohol. And I see a lot of people using hand sanitizers all the time, right? Going to the shore hand sanitizer, and they think it's good for them. But the truth is, you are damaging your bacteria, which is responsible for so many things. In fact, uh, I think according to a study, we actually have more bacteria cells than we actually have human genome. So the question is, are you that bacteria or are you human? But it, it, you know, it's time to be really more mindful about what you are consuming, how that is influencing your bacteria, because you know, bacteria, actually the good bacteria, can be your friend. Right? Well, as you were saying about the, you know, drugs and antibiotics, yeah. antibiotics kill the probiotics. Yeah. So when you take a drug, if you are not doubling down on your probiotics, you're now leaving your gut flora like dead, you're wiping it out. So you do not have any help assisting in digesting and breaking down your food and using those nutrients. So again, here, the digestive process, that's why the number, the first step in my book is about digestion, not about mm -hmm. a food plan, because your digestion is going to tell you if your body is, is using the food you're eating and if it's breaking it down properly. If you right. have all of these symptoms of bloating and digestion, gut, you know, gut irritation, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, um, psoriasis, uh, if you have these symptoms, it's your digestion telling you it is not, it's not well. And mm -hmm. we have to look at our gut health as the, as you know, when you're born, you're born from the middle out. Right. So like the umbilical cord goes here, like here is oh, where yeah. all the nutrients come in. It's where the most important part of you, like that is what feeds everything. It feeds your brain. It yeah. gives you the right, you know, a lot of people that have depression and, and anxiety, although that's a whole nother conversation, but a lot of people that experience depression and anxiety who are on mm -hmm. meds, especially usually have crappy diets. Yeah. And one of the reasons why your meds stop working and you can't seem to find relief is because your, your, your diet isn't giving you what you need, the nutrients for your neurotransmitters to work properly. You have a bad switchboard because it's mm -hmm. not getting the right kind of nutrients. And that's all from the gut. You can change your whole, you know, the way that you feel in life. You can have a better feeling of, you know, of happiness and feeling good in your body by changing your diet. Very true. And one thing I've been really diving into, like we discussed before this, um, is fasting. And I think you've alluded to this as well, but intermittent. I've been doing two meals per day for the last three years. I'm kind of used to it. And I really enjoy the benefits that one can get from intermittent fasting. It's just giving your body an opportunity to not have food coming down the throat and working on really digesting the body but also generating human growth hormone, which is so beneficial. And then a few days, a few weeks back, I did 50 days of uh, OMAD, one meal a day diet. And so I'm really diving into not just the fact that our bacteria is good for us, but also the fact that once in a while, it might be beneficial depending on how your, what your constitution is to go into a state of fast because it's so, you know, there's so much benefit uh, not just in terms of, um, you know, getting that HGH, human growth hormone, but also autophagy of your body going into this process of 
cleansing, cleaning uh, all those dead cells or dead mitochondria so that you can detox and, and then prevent other issues in the future like Alzheimer's and autoimmune, um, Parkinson's also, I think. Yeah, so really, really fascinating how it all comes together is the gut bacteria and fasting and sugar. So maybe you can talk about what is the current consensus on sugar and, and how it's affecting our health? Well, if you're talking about like white processed sugar uh, yeah. or, or just sugar in general, which means anything that's a carbohydrate breaks down into sugar. And that's what people don't understand. Oh, I don't eat yeah. a lot of sugar, but they eat a loaf of bread a day. Well, that uh, breaks down into sugar. And so people have to be clear when they're talking about sugar. What do yeah. you mean? Uh, and when it, it's funny because I'm I've been keto for a while and I've done. I've done the fast day, the five day fast mimicking diet uh, several times, probably five or six times. And I've been intermittent fasting for over a year. But what has really been interesting in the last like week from now is that I, because I've been doing more cardio than ever before, I actually have a need for more sugar in my, and not white sugar, but like I need, I need about 10 to 12 grams of of carbohydrates post-workout right away to replenish the glycogen stores in my muscles because I was feeling like they were heavy. And, and so it's been a really interesting to go. So to the extreme of from, not that I was eating a lot of carbs, I was pretty balanced. It was, I was paleo most of the time, but I have my gluten-free pizza once a week or once every two weeks uh, to, and I drink wine, but then to go to keto and then to come somewhere back in the middle of, oh, I feel really good when I have a little bit of carb. And so I've been adding like a half an apple after my workouts just to get that little bit of carb. And then I go right back into ketosis. So, which is really fun. So in terms of sugar, you know, sugar, as we all have heard, I'm sure at this point, I hope <laughs> that sugar acts like cocaine in your brain. Mm. It, uh, it increases serotonin very quickly, but then you have a crash. So it's a false sense of, it kind of gets the, the body all excited and then you crash. So it is the reason why people crave fat and sugar when they're tired is because you have this false sense of it's going to give you energy. And that's not the case. Also, most of us are sugar burners. And so mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I lead people through sort of a keto challenge to sort of learn, and we all use some kind of testing mechanism, I recommend a breathalyzer just because it's more accurate than the strips and less invasive than the blood, because uh, I'm not going to prick my finger every day, twice a day or three times a day. Yeah. So uh, using the breathalyzer really kind of gives you an under like a new relationship with your food and what you're eating. And, and it's, I've really been working on metabolic efficiency. Yesterday, I had three gluten free cookies it had been a mm. long time. I had been keto for 14 days straight and went to the grocery store to Whole Foods and I got the gluten free like, like ready to bake cookies. And in the middle of the day, I thought like, I'm gonna have some. So I made like I ate three of them. And then dinner was keto dinner. And there was no carbohydrate of any note after that. I uh, woke up this morning, had my bulletproof coffee, went for my exercise, came home and tested myself. And I was back in ketosis, like no problem. And I even had carbs after the, after the first meal. So what that tells me is that I've been training my body to burn. Mm -hmm. It's like, we think of like a Prius. I don't like those cars, but think of, a, uh, I, I like, I, I like hybrids. I just don't like Priuses and I love Toyota. Um, right. But think of like a, an hybrid where you can either do gas or electric. Think of the gas as carbs and electric as fat. So when you're doing gas, you run out of gas. You have to replenish the gas. Gas is something that you have to kind of have all around. And so if you're reliant on gas, you're reliant on carbs, you're a sugar burner, which most people are, then you have an issue with blood sugar. You will crash when you don't have enough sugar in your blood to utilize as energy. 
So when you learn how to, and when you start to sort of play with a ketogenic diet or a lower carb diet, now you're training your body to burn fuel from fat, which isn't that what we want anyway, um, because it's more sustained energy. You don't have the highs and the lows and the crashes. You can eat less, you're eating more fat, but you can eat less in general and still say, stay full. Usually the meals taste better because there's more fat in them in terms of people yeah. that think low fat is the way to go. It's not. Yeah. So, um, you know, so sugar, while in moderation, because again, I'm all about balance. And a lot of times in the health industry, one of the things I don't like about the health industry and especially the weight loss industry is that the addiction that most trainers have and most nutritionists have is control. Mm. Everybody wants to control and white knuckle every calorie, all their exercise, extreme diets, extreme diets. Like I have a friend on the carnivore diet and I love them dearly, but I want to say, dude, eat some vegetables, like seriously <laughs> eat some vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I, and I, you know, someone doing a carnivore diet coming out of eating poorly to reduce inflammation. Okay, fine. Um, but seriously, like even when I'm on keto, I'm five days on and two days off like that. Mm -hmm. I can live with, cause I can still have alcohol when I want it on keto, like not a lot, but a glass of wine, I'm still in ketosis yeah. and I still have the flexibility of, I like the foods mm -hmm. I eat. I like the way I feel. I have plenty of energy. I sleep well. I like the results. I feel healthier. My numbers are good, right? You have to choose something that works for you and know why you're choosing it. But too often we're told to do a diet or we're told to do a thing, or we're so, we're so afraid of, I have to do this every day. And if I don't, I'm going to fall off the wagon. Well, yeah. th then we're not doing it again. Back to what I said from the beginning, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. If we're not creating right, balance, sure. if we're not creating balance and testing out what, I, what feels good for my body, I had a doctor last week, a chiropractor asked me, why are you doing keto? And I said, metabolic efficiency. And he went, Okay. I was like, I think he was expecting me to say weight loss. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm doing it for metabolic efficiency. Cause what does that mean for me? It means that I prefer knowing I'm burning from fat. I yeah. like to know that my body's a, I don't feel the crashes. I don't need to eat as much, all those things. It's, you know, ketogenic diets are used for cancer patients because cancer fuels is fueled by sugar. And what mm. of course are most people in chemo getting lollipops, ice cream, right. tea with sugar in it. And then they wonder why their cancers aren't going away because mm. cancer feeds on sugar. Right. So while we don't want to demonize sugar, we do eat more of it than we need in all forms from white to bread and crackers and pasta and things and alcohol and fun drinks that have to, even our, some of the smoothies. I have stopped doing smoothies. It's been years since I've done a protein shake mm -hmm. and I can't even get myself excited about doing it. Like I'm like, I have no desire. I'm so over it. I beat that horse so much that I'm like, I, because of again, how much carbohydrate is normally in it or protein that I don't really prefer. And, you know, how much do I have to add to it to even make it taste really good? <laughs> like it has to right. be chocolate peanut butter with stevia in it. And for me to even yeah. like it at that point, I just rather fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's very fascinating because the other day I posted something about my fast, uh, where I was having my one meal a day diet and I was, you know, cause there was greens and there was some nuts and some, you know, olive oil and, like a, like a big meal, right? <laughs> and like you said, you're, you get an opportunity to treat yourself and to feast on the, on the food because you're just having one meal a day during that phase. And somebody asked me, how much weight are you losing or why are you doing it? Why are you doing this fast? And a lot of people assume just because you're fasting, you're doing it for weight loss. But the truth is weight loss is a very complex subject, right? It's just because you're fasting, it need not mean you're losing weight. So, and, and my reason for doing a fast is not weight loss because I don't really need to lose weight. But what I want to do 
uh, is I'm interested in longevity. I'm mm-hmm. interested in metabolism, which and energy and, and enjoying that more levels of energy. And I want to make this a habit early on so I don't have to worry about it later on. So those are the reasons. And I think when people go into such practices for the right reason, they won't get disappointed because you're not wondering like how much weight am I losing? Because if you really want to lose weight, as you would agree, it's, 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 you got to look at so many other levers, not just fasting, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. And so one thing, the other thing that you talk about, you know, in your book and in, in on, on other forums is the importance of exercise, right? Because, um, and you do quote this research, but a placebo controlled study conducted by James Blumenthal, professor of psychology, was published uh, on the Journal of Psychosomatic Medicine. The study compared exercise to a common antidepressant medication in a group of individuals diagnosed with major depressive disorder and found that exercise was as effective as the drug at alleviating symptoms of of the disorder. Exercise is clinically more effective than drugs to elevate your mood because emotion is energy. So do you feel exercise needs uh, rebranding? Well, how I approach exercise when I'm speaking to a group or let's say on a show for the first time is I'll say you have over 300 muscles and over 200 bones for a reason. Your job is not to sit, right? Like if we're not moving our bodies, which, you know, technology and and advances in sciences have continued to decrease the amount of movement that we need to make in life. If we all shut the lights off, if we lost electricity, we would all be very thin. We'd have right. to hunt our own food. We'd have to clean our own clothes. We'd have to build our own houses. We would not have electricity. Electricity caused this decline. Not that I'm not, I like my lights. I like my podcast. I'm not complaining. Uh, but, but please know that, you know, when life changes like that and all of a sudden you're sitting more, that is one thing I've noticed about this situation that we're in the pandemic is while I'm exercising more cardio wise, yeah. I'm sitting more mm. and I'm not, cause I'm not going outside as much. Um, also we moved and I don't have the backyard that I have. I don't have the pool that I had. I don't have the front yard that I have. I don't have the walk down the street that we would take because we live in a different place, but I've noticed how little I, you know, when I was in New York city, I remember doing the body for life challenge. It was 20, it was 2000, the year 2000. It was the year that I moved and it was January. And my roommate, who's also a personal trainer, male, um, more muscle than me. We, I kind of like challenged him. I didn't, and it was more of like, let's see who knows more. I didn't tell him I was challenging him, but I was. And, uh, and we did the, you know, pictures and measurements. And again, it was weight loss related, right? Like body transformation. And, mm-hmm. and we took our pictures. We took our measurements. Well, seven weeks in, we took our measurements. We took our pictures and I was down 10 pounds and like seven inches. Right. And he was down like two pounds and five inches or something like that. It was right. Like I was clearly utilizing my knowledge because it should have been the other way around. He's a guy half the time you guys do one thing and you get these great results because you have a higher metabolism because you have more mm. testosterone. Right. So at that seven week mark, I kind of like gave up a little bit. Like I kind of like just, I didn't really do too. I didn't push myself any further. So I'm like, I won, I win. Yeah. I'm the better trainer, you know, cause I was tracking everything and doing everything. But what I remember really clearly about that whole, besides the psychological things that I discovered about myself at the end of that and why I did it and, and the interesting 
limiting beliefs and ways we talk to ourselves and make up stories. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, but it was fascinating what I learned about that in terms of like weight loss and competitions. I'd never do one of those, those again. I didn't, that didn't motivate me. What winning yeah. something didn't motivate me was beating my roommate to show him I was a better trainer was what was motivating me. Now, remember I was 25. So forgive me for that. I would never do that now, but yeah. I was only 25. So, but I want to remember when I went on that program, the first week, I think I did a 1400 calorie diet. And I remember it was hard. I lived on a five foot, five flight walk up in mm -hmm. New York where I walked everywhere to the gym, to everywhere, to everywhere, to everywhere. I did not have a car. I rarely took a subway. And sometimes I took a taxi. Mm -hmm. I moved to California the next year mm -hmm. and did a photo shoot for Shape Magazine. And I got, and I had a month to prepare. And in that month, I went down to 1200 calories and was fine. And it showed me the difference of lifestyle that I, in New York, 1400 calories was not enough because I was always walking, always moving. And then all of a sudden now I'm in California, I'm sitting on my butt. I'm in my car. I'm barely moving and 1200 calories was fine. And it was a big, like, so just realize that when you look at yourself and say, why am I gaining weight or why is this not working? You have to ask yourself a series of questions or am I moving more or am I moving less? Have, am I older? And my hormones have changed. Am mm -hmm. I eating different foods? Am I on different medications? All those different things that, like you said, weight loss is not a very simple conversation. It's a very complex conversation, um, but it, and it has many factors in it, but you have to be aware and conscious of what those factors are. And so I would invite anyone who is hard on themselves or does a diet, you know, care about your health. You had said earlier today that you really invited people to like learn something. And I wanted to say, do, do not give up your power to a doctor ever. Mm. They are to co-create with you. They are to advise you on their findings and what they think is best for you. But if you don't intuitively agree or you don't even know what they're talking about, learn something. It is no one else's responsibility but yours to have the best health and the best care. And there are going to be people who tell you things that are not in your best interest. And if you just give your power away and you listen, and then you come out of that mad that that happened and you didn't need to have that elective surgery that you had that you really didn't need or uh, whatever the case may be, just know that, you know, get a second opinion, get a third opinion, get a completely opposite opinion from someone in a different realm, Ayurvedic medicine, uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, go to the extreme before you make major decisions about your health, because while they may have their best, your best interest in their mind, they may have a lack of perspective. On my rollerblade today, I think I've decided, this is going to be a fun one to announce to the world, I think I've decided that I will only work with doctors, so it's not going to be an easy task, but only work with doctors who understand epigenetics and quantum physics. Now, I can hold my own in a doctor's office that tells me something that's super scary. I've been told I needed to have a hysterectomy. Looked that person straight in the face and said, that's never going to happen. Didn't bother me one bit. My gynecologist concur concurred, said the same thing. You scare me, she said to me. And I said, don't worry. I said, isn't it true that it also could happen this way and everything works out perfectly? And she said, yes. And I said, well, that's what's going to happen. And that's what happened. But I can hold my own in a doctor's office with five different experts telling me information that I know intuitively is not right for me. But the average woman and the average person is not going to go toe to toe with their doctor because they don't have the information. But I'm just mm. wanting to impress upon you, if you have an intuition, if you have a gut check, if you, it doesn't feel right, it scares you, it doesn't feel like relief, take a minute and learn something. 
get until you feel comfortable and confident about the choices you're making for your body, please don't delegate your power to doctors because they're human. They have perspectives. They have lack of information. They have biases. And sometimes they're just not going to fit with you. And sometimes they will. And sometimes they won't. So Diego Action Tribe, I hope you are getting some new perspectives and some advice and ways to think about uh, this current pandemic, but also your health so that you can thrive and not just survive, right? Because there's a difference between thriving and surviving. Now, uh, JJ, if somebody wants to um, introduce some movement into their lifestyle and not just specifically within an exercise, what what should they be doing more of? like the wonderful example that you gave when you were in New York, you just were walking more around, right? So how can somebody add, introduce more movement into their lives so that they can, without too much effort, start feeling better? It reminds me of when I created my first product called the 90 day health and body makeover. I, it was yeah. a coaching program with a workbook and a disc that had 12 or 25 different exercises on it because the form yeah. was really important for me to do. And I had somebody who had, a company that had purchased a bunch of them for their staff. And, and before I even got to work with one person who had already started taking it, she was 30 days into the program on her own and she'd already lost 10 or 15 pounds. And I said, great, what did you do? She goes, well, I just followed what you said. Mm. I said, what did I say? <laughs> she said, <laughs> and it was literally the advice I'm going to give you right now, which is park further away from the grocery store. Don't park the closest you can park in the furthest place you can. Don't take the elevator, take the stairs. You know, if you can do an errand in your neighborhood without getting in your car, do it. If you can walk down the street to go do something, do it. Take a walk after dinner to help with, di- with digestion. Not, it doesn't have to be exercise, but it could be movement. So, you know, simple things like that, because people think, oh, I need to park as close to the door as I can to quickly right. get in and quickly get out. Well, challenge yourself to do the opposite. Park the farthest away. And so that you have that extra little, you know, five minute walk to the grocery store an extra five or 10 minutes here or there, it's going to add up. Uh, you know, I am not, I don't track my, my walking. I know a lot of people love the Fitbit and love to track their steps. And, you know, if that motivates you do it, because I think, you know, for me using a breathalyzer on the, on the keto diet, it's total yeah. motivator for me. I was going to have another cookie this afternoon, but when I blew into the breathalyzer after lunch and I was still 108, 1.8, I'm like, nope, not going to have the cookie uh, <laughs> because it's very motivating. So if you need to get a tracker, invest in a Fitbit so that you can track your steps and um, you know you can dance. Most people love some kind of music. Find some kind of music. It doesn't have to be that you're dancing with somebody. You can just dance by yourself. Just dance around. Do more cleaning and and like labor. So if you have a garden, garden. If you have a project outside you need to take care of, like weeding your garden, do it. Because these are physical activities that your body uses energy for and will increase the activity. A couple of Thanksgivings ago, I I strapped on my heart rate monitor as I was preparing for the day. And I think mm-hmm. I had burned five or 600 calories before I even got to like one o'clock in the afternoon because of just up and down and bending over and walking around and, you know, doing things to cook and prepare. So yeah. again, remember physical things, cleaning. So rather than thinking, oh God, I don't want to clean my house. I don't want to clean my, my bathroom. You know, I don't like it. I get it. I don't like it either. But if you can reframe it and think, this is me using my body and I'm burning calories and I'm burning energy. I'm using energy. Then when you shift that, you will be looking for calorie burning opportunities. I'm telling you when someone moves 
and they ask me to help them, I say, yes, <laughs> calorie burning opportunity. When you say, here's a box of books, can you take it up the stairs? I say, yes, because it's a calorie burning opportunity that you don't get normally. So whatever, you know, whether it be clean, a pro- do a project of cleaning or fixing something in your house or gardening outside that you've been putting off for a long time, cleaning out your garage, something that you, you know, you think, God, I don't want to do it. It annoys me. But if you reframe it and think that's me literally low level exercising all day long, um, mm-hmm. then you'll start to get in some of that movement that you really need. Awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing that action tribe. It's about uh, shifting your perspective um, towards exercise and really trying to gamify this whole experience so that you not only get more work done, but also you get more steps in the process and you are achieving your health goals. So a couple of ways that you can do this is firstly by just finding ways that you can walk more, whether it's parking away from the grocery store. And usually it's hard to get parking close to the grocery store, right? It's easier to get parking away. And this way you're getting more steps in, but also dancing. Uh, dancing and moving is a wonderful way. We do it every Sunday for our breathwork sessions. So if you want to dance, come Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Uh, but try to dance and as if nobody's watching. Uh, and the third thing is find out all the chores that you have to do around the home, whether it's gardening or cleaning your toilet or even, you know, um, work in your dining room and, 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 and do the work because that way you'll be doing two things. You'll be getting the work done, but also you'll be introducing more moment into your life, which will help you in a wonderful way. So I hope you've had a wonderful session so far. As I get deeper and deeper into my own healing journey, I'm hoping to connect with more people like JJ and together uncover the foundations of health. Because unless uh, you are healthy on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level, all levels, you know, once you pull those levers and get there, your, your outlook uh, towards the world is going to change and you're going to feel better. And like we're learning to get today, feeling is a secret. So you're going to, everything is going to change for you. Uh, and these shifts, the best part is that these shifts don't take months or years for a lot of things. It's just going to be minutes or even within a day, you're going to be able to make that shift because what we're noticing around us in many instances is that our healthcare system is sort of failing us, which is why we need to individually you know, take that step and, you know, learn and, and, and find the information and read articles and listen to podcasts and become our own champion and take control of our own health so that in that doctor's office or in that therapist's office, you can have an informative discussion. Um, because as somebody once wisely put, when you have health, you've got a hundred wishes. When you don't have health, you've just got one wish. Uh, so ponder upon that for a few minutes. And with that, we've come to our last round for today, which is called the wisdom round. Four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So JJ, what is the best advice that you have ever received in your life? Besides the, besides what I've already told you, which is you're the creator of your own reality. Uh, I mean, really all the advice that I take uh, comes from the body of work of law of attraction. That and the, the only thing, the only reason why you want anything that you want is because you'll feel better when you have it. And knowing I can feel better without the thing, don't even need the thing, and that I can do that right now. Um, learning how to pivot. So learning mm-hmm. how to identify, again, frequencies of not having what you want and identifying because of that what you want. So 
taking contrast or problems or negative situations and again, reframing them as a gift because they help to create something else. So learning how to pivot has been pretty huge. And then also um, using what I call the empowerment strategist method of identifying what your needs are. You know, negative emotions are just indicators that we have a perception of a need not being met. And most of the time, even though some of us can identify what the feelings are, we don't know what the need is and then we don't know how to get it met. So it just keeps cycling and it keeps happening and we keep getting triggered. So I will always, if I can't figure something out, to take a minute to identify what those needs are so that I can get the need met so that I can go away and not keep happening over and over again. So I think when you take full responsibility for your emotions and your situation and yourself and you don't give your power away to others, not in a defensive way, just in knowing if you're the creator of your own reality, you have that, you have that choice. So um, that feels really good to know that you don't have to rely on anybody else to feel any way, to do anything, to get anything, and that you can attract it when you're ready and help, help yourself get what it is that you're looking for. Wonderful. So in just one sentence, if you could turn back time and spend one hour with anyone living or dead, who would it be? This just came to my mind, so I'm going to share it. Uh, not premeditated. Um, to uh, Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> Siegfried and Roy. Um, I love cats. I have, since I was young, uh, I, I swear I was a cat in a past life. Um, I saw an astrology book once that, uh, that the, it was a Chinese astrology book, and where what my sign was, it said cat. And I thought, wait a minute, I've never seen that before. What do you mean cat? And cat was synonymous with rabbit. And I was like, I've never seen that, which confirmed to me, I am a cat in a past life. So mm -hmm. I have loved big cats. And when I moved to California, I always said, oh, I'm going to go see Siegfried and Roy in Vegas. And why, you know, and I'd loved, and I would have loved to have gone. And of course the show ended and closed before I could get there. And so it was one right. of those opportunities that I can't get now. And I would have really loved to have been there with all those tigers on the stage. What is it one thing you do in the morning or evening before you sleep that has improved the quality of your life? So I play in, in Love Attraction, it's called Rampage of Appreciation. So I normally start off the day. Well, I have certain practices on different days. It's not always the same practice. There's two I cycle between. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays is one practice. Tuesdays and Thursdays is another. Rampage of Appreciation is every day, which is where you take uh, someone's voicemail on their phone or several, and you mm -hmm. milk the good stuff. You, you get yourself into a better frequency. It's almost like a verbal vision board, and you can appreciate all the things about your life for what's happening, even the things that you don't know that you can appreciate. It's a way to, again, pivot in that moment. So definitely rampage of appreciation. I have trained myself because it's like exercise. If, you're, if your go-to response to something is negative and why this happened to me and, oh my God, I'm so frustrated and how a lot of people know that when, you know, especially women, maybe not so much men, when something happens to a woman and they, they want to complain and they'll call 10 people to complain about the same thing. So guess what happens? You're training those pathways in your brain to continue to experience things you want to complain about. So in order to change that, uh, doing a practice like an appreciation journal, a gratitude list and rampage of appreciation actively repatterns the brain to be aware and to be in tune with the things that you do appreciate and you do want so that you notice those more. So rampage mm -hmm. of appreciation is something I've been doing for over 10 years maybe 15 at this point. Uh, I have multiple partners and it, I've been doing it every day. Uh, at night, I've been using, uh, currently I've been using Centerpoint Holosync technology. Before that, I was using Sacred Acoustics Binaural Beats technology, but um, I definitely do love 
the efficiency of going to bed and having brain brain waves repattern my brain for me while I'm sleeping so that I can, right. you know, love that. So that's been, that's been awesome. Awesome. And if you could re- recommend one book for our listeners other than yours, what would it be? If life is a game, these are the rules by Dr. Sheree Carter Scott. These, I'm just going to note it down. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. We'll have this in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you would like to receive this book for free, I'm not entirely sure if this book is available on Audible, but Audible is giving all our listeners, including you, Action Tribe, one free download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out this new way of consuming a book, which is not reading the book, but listening to the book. And in most cases, the author themselves read out the book to you because listening is a new reading. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you would definitely love audible.com. So to claim your free credit as a listener of My 7 Chakras, go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book, my7chakras.com forward slash free book and start listening to your new book. So JJ, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us so much about the foundations and the keys to optimized health, health, not help, (laughs) and really uh, providing us that mindset shift so that we can look at health in a completely new way. So I appreciate you for that and sharing all these amazing stories that you shared with us. It was really inspiring and fun to chat with you. Uh, Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online. Well, I appreciate this platform and, and, and how um, you and I started out podcasting, I think at the same time, and, uh, and we're now being able to share our knowledge and wisdom with each other's tribes and, again, spread the word of empowerment and happiness and peace and health. So I appreciate what I do for a living. I appreciate that 100% of what I do comes out of my podcast and my tribe, and I appreciate knowing others like you who have built the same kind of platform and have the same kind of power with just spoken word and our passion behind it. So uh, you can find out more about me at jjflazanes.com. It's my name, but I would really invite every one of you who listen to my seven chakras to check out my number one flagship show now, which is spirit, purpose, and energy. Uh, spirit, purpose, and energy is not what I launched with you. AJ, when you and I launched, I launched with fit to love, but I rebranded in 2016 and the six days a week became six different shows. And my number one show still is spirit, purpose, and energy. And I'd love you all to check that out. Wonderful. We'll have that link in the show notes. Are you active on Instagram? Do you do Instagram? I am on Instagram at JJ Flazanes. JJ Flazanes. Okay. So Action Tribe, if you're on Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode, whether you're watching the video or even audio, uh, but take a screenshot and then tag us on Instagram so that we can share your story with our community. My handle is at my seven chakras, seven is a word at my seven chakras and also tag JJ Flazanes and we'll share it so that we can connect. And as next steps, if you would like to um, dive deeper into the breath work that we do and have these discussions about any question or feedback that you have about this podcast or any other episode that you might have listened to, join our Facebook group, which is at my seven chakras.com forward slash tribe, my seven chakras.com forward slash tribe. And we will connect there. But other than that, JJ, thank you for coming on our show, talking to us about the foundations of health and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ, for having me. It was a pleasure. I I can't um, express enough how grateful I am to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you 
for listening to My 7 Chakras at my7chakras.com. That is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.